0: Welcome to the Valley of the Suns podcast, part of the Fan sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Gerald Borgay.
1: Welcome Valley boys and girls to another episode of the Valley of the Suns podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gerald Borgay, and joining me today, we have a senior writer from Lakers Nation. He is the host of the Lakers Nation pod and honestly was my go-to source to help give Suns fans an idea of what to expect from their first round opponent,
0: Mr. Trevor Lane. Trevor, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Gerald. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on and, uh, and good to chat with you again. It was always fun running into you at all those uh, Lakers-Suns games.
1: Absolutely. For those of you who are not familiar with Trevor's work, he's one of my, like I said, go-to sources for Lakers information and game updates on Twitter, um, and just a generally good dude. So we are happy to have him on the show today. Um, Trevor, let's just dive right into it. We've got Suns. We've got Lakers in the first round. This is the first time the Suns have been to the playoffs in eleven years, and of course they get the defending champs <laughs> in the first round. Uh, I know LA fans are. Pretty, you know, pretty content with this matchup, I think, heading in. I just wanted to get your perspective on on what the kind of Lakers mentality is heading into this first-round matchup.
0: Yeah, I mean, from the, the perspective of Lakers fans, there was definitely a desire more to see the Suns in round one than, say, the Clippers, just in terms of matching up, right, in terms of, of playing style and different advantages and disadvantages. I think the general consensus was the Lakers would rather see the Suns or even the Utah Jazz than see the, the Clippers in round one, uh, particularly with this team being so injured and beat up. I mean, you saw last night against the, the Warriors, the Lakers weren't quite themselves. They didn't have their legs under them. You could see LeBron definitely wasn't 100%. And uh, so that's going to be the, the challenge I- I for this team is figuring out a way to get closer to full strength. And the feeling was that some of the physical advantages they might have over the Suns might allow them to, to pull off a series that right now, against another club they might not be able to. So there's there's cautious optimism right now among Lakers fans where they haven't looked good in a while. They haven't played great basketball in a while, but the hope is that as the playoffs get going, maybe they can find their footing again and we'll see the team that we saw at the beginning of the season reappear.
1: That makes sense. And it's uh, Suns fans have definitely taken it as a slight that teams have been trying to get to that, you know, that two or that seven spot to take on the Suns in the first round. Um, so it is going to be interesting to see if the Sun, I mean, I'm sure you saw that the Suns were not favored in their first round series. I think it's the first seven seed that was favored in like 30 years or something like that in the first round series. So uh, it's going to be interesting if they take a kind of underdog mentality, you know, us against the world kind of thing going in. Um but it, we're we're going to talk about some of those Lakers and Suns advantages in this series, but I have to ask because of that discrepancy in playoff experience because the Lakers are the defending champs and LeBron has more playoff experience than almost the entire Suns team <laughs> combined. Uh how important is it to win game one if you are the Suns playing at home for the first time with a lot of these guys playing in their first playoff game ever?
0: I think it's pretty important to get that win and get that confidence. Make sure that that you are putting your stamp on, on the series, right? Putting out there that, that, Hey, yeah, the Lakers are the defending champs. Yeah. The Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they might be the team that uh, the, the most people see as the team to beat. I mean, Vegas, betting on still show the lakers as the favorite to come out of the western conference even though they're they're the seventh seed so the suns have an opportunity to kind of flip that on its head and say and say no we're here we're for real um and this is going to be a fight this whole series so i think it's going to be really interesting to see how the suns respond like you mentioned there isn't a whole lot of playoff experience here chris paul is is tremendous and he's amazing and then you also have have some veterans like say jay crowder but overall guys like Devin Booker, right? DeAndre Aiden. These guys don't have Mikhail Bridges. These guys don't have as much playoff experience and can really matter. Uh, And so that's one of the reasons why I know Lakers fans were were hoping and why other teams were hoping to draw the Suns in the round one was that the lack of experience there. But again, if they can come out and they can punch first, they can perhaps flip that narrative on its head and really show that, hey, we are a force to be reckoned with. We're the two seed for a reason. And just speaking from the Lakers side of things, I definitely don't think the Suns are a team to overlook. They've been legit all season long. So I think this is going to be a really, really interesting and really close first-round series.
1: It is, and I've honestly, people have asked me for predictions for the series, and and we'll give ours at the end of the show. But (laughs) I honestly have no idea which way this series is going to go because on the one side, you have a much more experienced but sort of banged-up team that hasn't had a lot of time down the stretch of this season to get into a sort of playoff rhythm. Uh, And then on the other side, you have a Suns team that's been very good all season, but has never been on this stage before. And and honestly, you know, reduced crowds might help a little bit with the nerves because it's not going to be full, (laughs) you know, roaring arenas like it normally would be. But the just the increase in intensity is something that they have not experienced yet. Um, you know, four of their top seven guys with Booker, and Bridges, and Cam Johnson have never played in a playoff series. Even guys like Dario Saric and Cameron Payne, their playoff experience has been pretty limited and, and came a few years ago in very reduced roles. So it's going to be a very interesting battle between these two teams. But let's kind of dive in and talk about some specific advantages. Uh, we'll start with the Lakers. Obviously, there's that gap in playoff experience that we've been talking about and, this is a bad matchup from that standpoint, but I've been saying that this is arguably the worst matchup the Suns could have gotten out of any of the seven teams in the West. Um, what stands out to you in terms of just basketball stuff that the Lakers have a distinct advantage in for this series?
0: Yeah. You know, I, I did see, you know, for as much as teams may have been targeting the Suns or hoping to draw the Suns in, in round one. I it also felt like there were a lot of, of Suns fans who didn't want to see the Lakers in round one, who are hoping to see Golden State, who are hoping that you know they would pass up Utah to get the one seed, and then and then get to play the eight, something like that, uh, would take place. So I I know there's some trepidation there among you know Suns Suns fans about this matchup, and I do think there is some some good reason for it. The Lakers do have the size advantage, of course, you know with Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond there in the middle. The Andre Drummond uh, DeAndre Aiden matchup is going to be really really interesting. To see how often does drummond really play there but then the lakers have the other bigs they can go to your montres harrell marcus Saul do they turn to these guys in matchups particularly against the sun's bench which doesn't have a ton of size doesn't have that bruising player there so that's one area that i think just in terms of the the size that can be an advantage on on the lakers side of things um and then of course you know like you mentioned the the experience obviously is a is a big big factor there and i also think defensively if you look at at the Lakers between Catavius Caldwell Pope, Alex Caruso. We saw the job that he did on, on Steph Curry uh, in the, the Warriors game in the play-in round. And then, uh, and then Dennis Schroeder, you've got some guys who, well, no, they're, they're nowhere near the quality of Devin Booker and Chris Paul. No question. That, that could very well be like the best backcourt in the NBA. They're absolutely phenomenal. But uh, I think you've got some guys who can at least pester them a little bit and make life a little bit more difficult on them and so that's going to be something that the lakers are going to be hoping to see that their guards can at least make the shots more difficult on booker on chris paul make life uh, a bit more of a challenge for them and then you can kind of get the ball rolling downhill from there so when you when you look at the matchup in those ways i could see where the lakers would feel confident heading into this that they've got some things that they can take advantage of um, in terms of their size and everything else that they can bring and then the defensive end of the court, of course, they've been, you know, the best defense in the NBA. So what can they do to stifle the Suns on that end? So there's definitely some advantages to lean on. But again, Phoenix has some advantages of their own as well. And I'm sure we're gonna dive into those. But uh, like I said, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be close. Like trying to pick this is, is just about impossible.
1: <laughs> it really is because there's there's so many different uh contrasting styles and advantages disadvantages to go through uh the size one stands out to me as well obviously that's a huge front court with LeBron AD and you know Drummond Gasol montrez Harrell whoever they're putting at that five spot um I was watching your live show last night and you had mentioned that you thought that Drummond would continue to get the start but um like you said it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he plays whether having a guy that big that forces DeAndre Ayton to take him is an advantage or whether the Suns can try to exploit him and pick and roll coverages on the other end. Um, it's going to be a very interesting strategical battle on, on those kind of fronts um, because you think about it if, if they have Drummond or a traditional big at the five they can't put DeAndre Ayton on Anthony Davis anymore they have to put him on that big guy. And that means Mikael Bridges will probably have to guard LeBron James, even though there's a distinct strength advantage there. So it's a tough one. Mikael Bridges has length to make things difficult, but LeBron is just so strong. You need a guy like Jay Crowder on someone like that. Um, but the, the other advantage that stands out to me, and I think we're going to see this, and <laughs> I, I'm warning you now, Suns fans, like, you're going to see a free throw discrepancy, but it's not necessarily going to be because, you know, all oh, the league is rigged or the Lakers get all the calls. Like if you look at the percentage of shots that the Suns take around the rim compared to the Lakers, it, it's pretty, the contrast is pretty stark. So the Suns are dead last in attempts within five feet of the basket. They average just under 24 field goal attempts per game from there. The Lakers are eighth and they are at just over 31 per game. So that's going to matter. The Suns don't get to the line a lot either. They're 29th in free throw attempts. The Lakers are sixth and the Lakers average almost five more free throw attempts per game. So I think that's going to be a big advantage, especially when you couple it with the size advantage, how they're going to be hitting the offensive glass, uh, trying to get those points in the paint. So I think those are distinct advantages that the Lakers will have. And they also have a potential trump card if Vogel is willing to go to it. We kind of saw it in the Warriors game when he took Drummond out and played AD at the five more last night. Um, You know, I think it was from ESPN Stats and Info, but they were showing that they were like minus nine to that point when they took him out in the third quarter and they finished the game plus 12 without him. And AD shot something like one for 11 with uh, Drummond or Harrell on the court with him, and then he shot – Uh, It was something stupid. It was like nine for 13 when he was the five. So the the teams that switch have given the Suns problems that can switch, you know, one through five because they like to target those mismatches. So it'll be interesting to see if Vogel, how quickly he goes away from Drummond or if he goes with Gasol. I mean, what, what are your kind of thoughts on what you would expect Vogel to do with that, you know, AD and who's going to be playing the five situation?
0: Well, I can, I can all but guarantee Drummond will start game one. Drummond will be there in the middle, game one, and they're going to see how much bully ball they can get away with, how much they can, they can do on the boards with Drummond there. What they've done recently is they've uh, designated Anthony Davis as the guy to more track back defensively, and they've let Drummond really cr- crash the offensive glass. And that's been a factor that's made him a lot more effective. It's allowed him... To tap into his own skill set quite a bit more than he was previously in the, the the weeks before that, when a lot of Lakers fans were saying, Get Drummond out, put in Gasol, we want Mark back, even though Gasol was kind of like the, the, the target for Lakers fans for a little while during the <laughs> middle of the season. But um, no, I think that we are going to see Drummond in the middle to start, but the Lakers' cheat code, so to speak, has always been Anthony Davis at the five, because mm-hmm. when you do that, you still have a very, very high quality interior defense. You're not giving up a whole lot in terms of size, but you've got a big in AD who can go out there and actually defend on the perimeter. So you've got, a, you've got a solid defense everywhere as opposed to when you've got Drummond in there, who's actually fairly quick for a big man, but not quite as quick as, as Anthony Davis is, um, and his defensive instincts aren't, aren't nearly the same. And so when you've got that extra big in there, you can see on the defensive end of the floor that can get targeted a little bit. And then on offense, it tends to jam things up. If you watch the game against the Warriors, the Warriors just packed the paint, completely packed the paint so that Anthony Davis was seeing multiple bodies out there. And then when they switched and then went to Davis at the five, suddenly things opened up and he was getting to the basket because you didn't have Drummond just hanging out of the dunker spot, which brought in an extra man into the paint. So I, I think that the Lakers will start with Drummond out there. But if they're seeing issues in terms of spacing, if they're seeing Davis try to settle too often for those long jumpers because the paint is so congested. And the Suns, I would imagine, will pack the paint against the Lakers. Everybody does that. Tries to make them beat, uh, beat the prim- – <laughs> they can't. Uh, but I would expect to see Anthony Davis at the five as well. I think we're going to see quite a bit of that. That's something they have historically gone to uh, whenever they've wanted to mix things up a little bit. And it's yielded some really, really good results um, all the way back to last year in the playoffs. So I think we're going to see a pretty healthy amount of, of Davis at the five. The question is, how much Drummond will we see out there? And that's going to be dependent on how successful is he going against Aiden? And can he be a net positive on the floor against the Warriors? He was not. And so the Lakers went away from that rightfully. And that really was the decision that helped them win the game.
1: Absolutely. I mean, just looking at the, at the numbers again, like they had, they had 14 assists to eight turnovers with Drummond. And then once he went out, it was 13 assists to three turnovers. They shot 50% compared to 35 when he was on the floor, like the game just completely flipped as soon as they made that substitution. And it was the right move because the Warriors small ball, their ball movement was, was pretty on point for most of the night up until that point and their defense was doing a good job as well. Um, from my perspective, I feel like as long as Drummond is on the floor, the Suns, if they're able to take care of the defensive glass, they've got to capitalize on those minutes as much as they can. Um, you know, just looking at the numbers, obviously, small sample size because they only played 13 regular season games together. But those Davis-Drummond lineups are – they posted a negative 2.5 point differential. Um, they were minus 32 overall in, in 289 minutes together together. Um, for a negative 3.4 net rating. So something to keep an eye on because the Suns, they do like to shoot threes. They do like to target mismatches in the pick and roll. Um, they've got guys that can beat you if you, you know, switch a big onto an Island like that, especially from the mid range. So it'll be interesting to see the defensive combinations that Vogel throws at the Suns because um, in their last matchup with the Lakers win The Suns didn't run much of their normal offense, which I think was kind of uh, intentional just in case to make sure they weren't giving away the the farm. Um, Monty always says they can't get happy on the farm, but he definitely doesn't want to go giving it away either. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, counters Vogel has for those Drummond minutes and and if the Suns are able to capitalize on them. But uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, so we broke down the Lakers' advantages. I'm sure Suns fans would like to hear now what they should feel confident about. Uh, Trevor, heading into this matchup, what, from the Lakers' perspective, do you feel like they need to be concerned with?
0: I mean, number one is the shooting. There's a huge difference in terms of of the shooting ability. Shooting has been the Achilles heel of the Lakers for quite a while. If you saw, again, the first half of the Warriors game, they were shooting – Somewhere in the 20s in terms of percent, they couldn't make anything at all. Um, that was that was one of the worst shooting displays we've seen on the season. They started off the season red hot and they were like the number th- three ranked team in the NBA in three-point percentage through like the first month. And then it just completely fell off the cliff. The regression to the mean hit them very, very hard. And they went through long stretches where they really couldn't hit anything. And, and conversely, the Suns are a team that can really light things up. And I always look at the three-point shot as the great equalizer. I mean, even if you were to roll these two teams out on paper and you say, okay, well, maybe the Lakers have a little bit of a talent advantage here. You have one team that can knock in the three, that can change everything. That can completely shift a matchup. So if the Suns are shooting well behind the arc and the Lakers are not, that's going to make life really, really difficult on LA. It's going to be something to, to definitely keep an eye on because again, that's, that's an area where most teams try to get the Lakers shooting a lot of three threes. They try to pack the paint and try to get them to make them beat them from behind the arc. And a lot of times they simply can't, they, you know, they don't shoot a high enough percentage. And if you're going up against a team that does shoot a high percentage and can generate those looks, uh, it can be uh, you can be in for a long night. So I think that's, that's number one on my list to keep an eye on from, from uh, the sun side of things is what can they do in the three point category? Can they hit, double the threes that the Lakers hit, which is, I think, within the realm of possibility, because that could definitely flip a game.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the numbers, the Suns were seventh in three-point percentage; They shot just under 38%. The Lakers were 21st. They shot just over 35%. Um, And, you know, you might look at it and say, okay, that's only a 3% difference, but over the course of 72 games, that's a pretty big difference in, you know, threes attempted, threes made. Um, you know, the Suns were 15th in attempts and 13th in makes. Suns were, or Lakers were 24th in attempts and 25th in makes. So that is definitely a potential, uh, like, like you said, equalizer. That's a perfect word for it as far as the Lakers have a great defense. But if the Suns get hot one or two nights from three, those could swing a game or two. Um, the other one for me is obviously the backcourt. The Lakers have a distinct advantage in the front court between LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the Suns are going to need their backcourt to have just as big of an advantage um, and not let you know all of those guys that you had mentioned earlier, Caruso, Schroeder, um, you know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, can't let those guys force them into bad shooting nights because if they do, it's going to be hard to pick up the slack. They're going to need someone like Mikhail Bridges to have a fantastic game or DeAndre Ayton to really do some work in the paint. Which is going to be interesting because he's going to have his hands full on the other end, obviously trying to contain all these bigs and, and get rebounds. Um, my question for you is: both of these teams have been really good in the clutch, which also just adds to the extra intrigue. Obviously, anytime you're talking Lakers Suns, you're talking a formal rivalry renewed. You're talking, you know, two of the best teams that could either one of these teams could make it out the West conceivably if they get through this series. Um, and both were really good in crunch time scenarios. The Suns were 25 and 12 in games involving clutch minutes, which was second best in the NBA. And the Lakers were 21 and 14, which was sixth best, which is pretty incredible considering how many games LeBron and AD missed. Um, I mean, is there anything to this crunch time matchup other than just watching great players make great plays? <laughs>
0: I mean, I think that just that comes with one team having Chris Paul, the other team having LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It takes guys who've been in the league for a while, guys who have that experience to know how to handle that moment and understand what they need to do in order to get their looks, in order to get to their spots with the defenses ramped up and giving everything they've got to stop them in that, in that situation. So I think it's just that you've got those kind of guys leading the way. That's what, uh, what really matters. And that could create some really interesting situations Uh, In this series, because you've got some games that are probably going to be pretty close and that's going to be time for for Chris Paul to shine for, you know, Devin Booker obviously has has been in some bigger moments and he's going to have an opportunity to step up and hit some shots as well. And same thing on the Lakers side of things. They've got guys who have been in these moments before and know how to make plays. And uh, I I don't think you're going to see a team fingers crossed. I don't think we're going to see either one of these teams shoot themselves in the foot down the stretch they're going to make plays you're going to have to go out there and really beat the other team i don't think anybody's going to fumble the game away to the other side and that's that's just exciting for for basketball fans in general that's just that's just fun basketball to watch so i'm really excited to see how guys like this operate in crunch time it's going to be it's going to be amazing
1: it is and it's equally amazing that we're heading into this game one with really no idea what to expect (laughs) because I mean, LeBron obviously had a fantastic second half last night, and he picked the Warriors apart with his passing. He obviously hit that big shot, the go-ahead shot down the stretch, um, you know, from Santa Monica pretty much. But he also didn't look like he had his usual burst. There was that one and one that he had, I think, early in the second half where he just drove the length of the court, and that looked like typical LeBron. But it didn't look like he had his normal speed, and then obviously on the Suns side, that sort of, you know, not fear, but that concern that LeBron might not be a hundred percent ready to trust his body yet is perfectly counterbalanced by the Suns playing in their first playoff game. There will be some jitters. They'll be in front of their home fans. There's a lot of pressure because it's the first time in over a decade. So uh, this is going to be pretty fascinating. Now comes the hard part where we make our series prediction Um I I I've been torn on this for like weeks now just thinking about this potential matchup cuz we all kind of saw that it might be coming weeks weeks ago but Trevor where are you going and in how many games here
0: So I think Jared Dudley said something interesting the other day you know we saw what the Clippers did we saw what the Denver Nuggets did in order to avoid the Lakers right and I saw a lot <laughs> of Suns fans too who were who were hoping to move up to one or hoping that the Lakers would move up to six and somehow they wouldn't wind up in this matchup. But Dudley said everybody's got it all wrong, that we're looking at this completely the wrong way, that if a team sees themselves as a championship contender, if they're going to win a championship, they're probably going to have to go through the Lakers. And if that's the case, you don't want to delay that because the Lakers have been so banged up. Their starting five has now played together, I think, four times in -hmm. the entirety of the season. The whole season, they've had four games that they've that they've played together. So Dudley said, "If you think you have to go through the Lakers to win a championship, you want to get them right now, right now when they don't have a rhythm, they don't have their legs under them. Guys are coming off an injury. They're only going to get stronger as the playoffs go on. So this could be actually a good thing for the Suns that they get the Lakers right now. I think I, I'm biased, of course, but I'm going to say." <laughs> I'm going to say the the Lakers take it, but I'm going to say it goes seven games. Mm -hmm. I just think this is going to be back and forth. And what I saw from the Lakers team last night against the Warriors, it didn't look like a 100% Lakers team. It didn't look like a team that's firing on all all cylinders, that's for sure. So I'm going to say Lakers in seven, but, man, this is is going to be a really close one. And I'm seeing a lot of sentiment out there of, oh, man, poor Suns. You know that they that they drew the lakers in the first round i'm like man you you cannot count out this sun's team in this series this no. is going to be really really tough so i uh i'm excited for it but like i said i think that this lakers team is is not at 100 percent. and even though the lakers have some matchup advantages i think it's going to be this is going to be a knockdown drag out battle the whole way
1: <laughs> absolutely i'm very much looking forward to it i think for my prediction i've been waffling. Between Lakers and seven and Suns and six, because I think if the Suns want to win, they need to punch first. They need to hit hard and they need to build up a series lead early on. Because you know, the more games that the Lakers play, you know, the more that they'll get into a rhythm, find their groove. We saw it kind of last year as well. People were worried about them with the uh, the bubble games that we saw before the actual playoffs started, and then they just flipped that switch. So. Uh, I think the Suns need to hit hard if they want to win. And I definitely think if they want to win this series, you don't want it to go seven games because betting against LeBron in a game seven is a brutal proposition, no matter where the game is being played at. Um, so I've been waffling between Suns and six Lakers and seven for the sake of argument, we're going to go Suns and six. And because we're a Suns podcast, we got to, we got to do it. But um Trevor, I really appreciate you coming on and, and breaking down some of the Lakers perspective. It's very useful, um, especially heading into a playoff series like this. that's so intriguing. Tell the people where they can read your work, where they can listen to your podcast and where they can follow you on, trip, on Twitter.
0: Sure. You can follow me on, on social media at Trevor underscore Lane on Twitter at Trevor Lane NBA on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, most of my work you can now find, find over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. We post new Lakers videos there every single day. Suns fans may or may not want to go wanna go <laughs> check that out but um, but it's maybe during this series you may want to want to pop in and see what, uh, see what the other side is saying. Uh, and then all of our written work you can find over at, uh, at Lakersnation.com and of course we do a, a post game show as well that goes live on uh, on YouTube right after every single game so you can check us out right over there that's that's. A, Probably it. Who knows? We're probably other places.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And like Sun Tzu said, you know, we got to know our enemy. So give Trevor Lane a follow. It's always good to have the good perspective. Be nice, Suns fans. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of toxicity. I know it, but this is going to be a really fun series. And I hope that Suns and Lakers fans are excited alike. Um, thank you again, Trevor, for joining us. That's going to do it for this episode of the Valley of the Suns podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, write me a five-star review, tell your friends, but that's going to do it for this episode. This is Joe Borgay signing off.